Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to our groundbreaking short series, The Maternity and Paternity Stories of Fintech. We aim to tell the real journeys the men and women of fintech have embarked on when starting or further growing their families. Today in the world of fintech, more and more companies are realizing how important a people-first attitude is, and this is a previously unexplored avenue of that. We're here to learn how we can better support our people and share some of the great ideas. So today, I'm really happy to announce that Patricia Saloon, the co-founder of VLoop, a payment approval service that enables teens and teenagers to shop online safely and independently whilst giving parents visibility and control, Patricia is here to share her journey. So welcome, Patricia. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Nadia, for inviting me. This is um, very exciting. Good. Um, it'd be really good if you just tell the audience a little bit more about VLoop. Sure. So VLoop, as Nadia said, is a payment service that enables kids and teenagers to shop online easily because they all um, sort of tech natives. A lot of, well, most teenagers these days have access to a phone, but paying for things online is still a bit of a struggle for them if they don't have a payment service. And it's also for parents who want to make sure that their children are safe, that they're not sharing their data around so we help parents with convenience and also with the online safety and we give the child a bit more independence to learn how to shop online on their own yeah it's it sounds like a great business that that you guys have down there now tell me a little bit about your role your role as co-founder i can imagine it entails quite a lot it'd be good to share that with the audience too so i'm co-founder and coo so we've got and Viloop has two founders, so it's Brenda and me. Um, we started working together because we saw that we have very different skill sets. So we actually complement each other very well. So Rhonda has um, more experience in the tech industry. So she really understands how to build products and how to manage developers and the whole process of building a tech product. And she is also very good at sharing the vision with people. And she's very good at sharing the passion and why we're doing that. Whereas my, I, I am a more sort of detailed person. I'm very operations oriented. So that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy doing things in the background. And what that entails at the moment is I look after sort of the, the finance human resources and marketing and also the sales so bringing on um, retailers on board whilst Rhonda focus on the tech side and on the overall strategy of the business but at the end of the day as a lot of startup um, founders would know you end up doing a little bit of everything when it's needed but we do have that kind of separation uh, well established at the moment. But, you know, we're still dipping in and out of different things. 
And I think it's really nice that you two complement your skill sets so well and that you can you can both have your strengths and they work together as well as they do. Yeah. And we, we are very happy to sort of ask for each other's opinions when we know, you know, the other person probably knows this a bit better than me. So we, we're happy to ask each other. We don't have that kind of yeah. issue. We're very open. That's so great. That's a very good thing. Yeah, that's a really good thing. I'm sure testament to the success of the business. Um, so I wanted to ask you next about this series in particular. So we all know how passionate I am, especially right now, about sharing maternity and paternity stories of fintech. And I see it as a responsibility to, to the next generation and to attracting people to the fintech community. Why do you feel that this is an important series to be part of? I, I also feel very strongly about this issue because again being a woman and I've got two kids now I've always worked and you keep hearing that women are you know there's the pay gap and that you stop being given opportunities after you have kids and as we know you know women is well half of the planet and the other half are men who are fathers so basically everyone in the world is involved in some way or can be involved in some way in, in raising children, having and raising children. So I, I can't see why we shouldn't be talking about this more and enabling people to have a better way to manage work and family because that's in everyone's life. And then even going wider than just paternity and maternity, everyone, most people have parents or some other kind of caring responsibility. So at the end of the day, we all have life events that we have to deal with and you know that's just how it goes but we have to make sure that we enable people to live their lives doing the best work that we can yeah and i totally totally support that sentiment because you're so right it's not just about when people grow their families by having children it's about how how our parents and and their parents how how they grow old and the support that families will give to one another through that and and I, I love what you say about you know people people having that that sort of family family life and of course that's going to uh, be part of work life as well so there's something I want you to share because I was uber excited and inspired when I heard the story but I know you've got a fantastic story about your own fundraising experience for VLOOP whilst being eight months pregnant, which I salute you for. So could you, could you share that with everybody, please? So we've been working at, you know, with VLOOP for some time and um, we started fundraising. Um, I had my son and then we got an investor. And then the day we met that investor, I, was, I said to Rwanda, I'm so happy you know, we got this and stuff because at that same day I told her that I was pregnant so I thought this is great because it will give us you know, nine months of real be able to concentrate and with the funding and grow the business so that when my baby's born I can maybe have a little bit of time off hmm. as it happens that investment fell through it didn't happen but we kept fundraising <laughs> so that I the baby was growing and that was showing more and more and more the baby doesn't stop growing and all the plans <laughs> go out the window can't they yeah so we um we got to a point where we had two different investors interested and we were going to meetings and of course every time 
when you walk into the room, there's no way to see <laughs> that I was heavily pregnant. Um, and the, the way we decided to deal with it was we always, at the end of the conversation, we knew that people would be a bit awkward about talking about it. So we, we just raised the point and said, well, you know, about the pregnancy, we've got a plan. This is what's going to happen. Um, at the time, it was going to take three months off, I think. But I would still be sort of in the background, making sure, you know, all the accounts, all the things that I could do on my um, time would be done and we felt that people were just really sort of like oh you know we can talk about this which i think it's a big problem sometimes is mm. people not feeling like they can talk about it openly so we just thought that's the best way to deal with it let's just deal with it and if they are happy then they're people that we can work with if they are not happy with that then we know that they are not people we want to work with anyway mm. So we ended up with um, going to this meeting with the investor that became our investor. We spent four hours with them in the room and we didn't feel, I didn't feel at any point that me being pregnant impacted on that session at all. It was just a four hour session talking about the business, talking about the plans that we had, talking about what they thought about what we were doing our business or what they could think about the future of the business so it was very much focused on the business and the investment um, and then at the end of course we brought up the pregnancy and we told them our plan and they were like well that's absolutely fine it's good to know you've got a plan but it wasn't a, for negative consideration so that was very refreshing actually at the time to hear that you know that it's probably not the majority but there are some people out there that can see beyond beyond and then we got all the paperwork done and then the day we signed the contract the baby was born oh wow <laughs> what a great birthday that's incredible yeah. i didn't know that bit yeah so it was it was interesting um yeah. because it's in a way bad timing because it could have happened earlier or it could have happened later but that's just how life is Sometimes. yeah it comes when it has to come and, absolutely you know she's, she's happy she's healthy the birth was um, that one was an easy one okay. so it, the, the only difference was we came back home and i was on the phone a lot but then in saying that when babies are very young they sleep a lot during the day so right it was just <laughs> And and when you are a founder as well, you, you do what you have to do. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like I didn't feel like I was invading at the time with my child because when she was awake, mostly I was with her. But you know, when she was asleep, we were on the phone looking at different clauses of the contract and talking about and discussing it. Yeah. So you know, it can be done. It's not easy. I won't say it was easy and I would do it all over again because it's it's not. It does take a toll on you. It's very tiring. But it is doable. Yeah. And you can get through it. And we, as we did. So we got the funding. Um, we got things going. I went back to work sort of into the office two months later, but only for two days a week. Yeah. And then I was slowly increasing my days. 
So that's the story. And in a way, those two days a week that I used to, my mom was here. Um, I'm from Brazil originally. My mom came from Brazil to stay with my daughter uh-huh. for those two days. So it was actually quite nice those two days a week that I was going because it was like, whoa, feel I can rest a bit. I can sit down, have a cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> Relax a little bit at work. <laughs> yeah, but I love this story because I think you've said so many good things. To be honest, for me right now to listen to this is great. You know, because it makes me feel like you know we we can we can balance our our careers and we can balance having having children. I mean, right now um, the date is where are we? The seventeenth of April. So um, so the seventeenth of April is the time of recording this and. Uh, at the moment, the UK is in um, COVID-19 lockdown um, and, you know, we're all having to, to deal with situations in, in different ways. Um, and families and family life is so important right now. So if you say, you know, you can make it happen and it's just so important that you talk to, um, you talk to the, your, vent, your venture capitalists or you talk to your fundraisers or investors about your personal situation that that's a good thing and we should talk about it more. I think these are really good messages that you're sending out. So I really appreciate your, your honesty on that. And um, what about this support that you think should be given in the aftermath and return to work? Because you've just mentioned, you know, you, you were back in the office from two months later and it sounds to me like you were working pretty much straight after the first. Um, but, but in general, um, what, what are your thoughts on what support should be given um, on the return to work? So I think the first thing I would like to say is that people deal with parenting in different ways. But generally, when you return to work from parental leave or maternity or maternity leave, you generally be exhausted. You wouldn't have slept for much. Um, some people will be in a bit of a shock still while their life is upside down. And for women, there's also considerations about breastfeeding if you are breastfeeding. Mm. So for me, flexibility is a big one on on that return to work. Um, I think what me and Rhonda did, as in I came back to work on a phased or staged return, Mm -hmm. is very good because it enables you to, it gives you the space to get back into the work rhythm in a more comfortable way. So you're not going from in the house 24-7 to in the office five days a week for the whole day. And I think that that helps the parent and the child to to get into a a different routine. It's a slower transition. Um, And and I think that's something that for me was very, very helpful. So that kind of support. Um, The other thing is uh, awareness from colleagues and from managers. So things like if you are breastfeeding, aware and they don't make you feel awkward or embarrassed around going into the pumping room or also finding a suitable space there where you can do pumping again we had a we work in a a co-working space and there wasn't a breastfeeding room but there was a cupboard that was lockable and there was a chair and a table there Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely fine and I just said I'm going to use that room and they were like fine just make sure you lock the door so no one bothers you You it, it didn't feel awkward um but i know there are a lot of people that feel embarrassed to ask so managers and founders just to think about that even if the situation is not perfect like i had a cupboard i appreciated the effort they did and they just said yes use whenever you need it and just lock the door 
you know, yeah. any, what I needed for that time. And the other thing is also there will be, with parenting, there will be very bad days. Um, when you have a baby, the baby is sick, for example, they won't sleep a whole night and you spend the whole night awake. So if you have to go to work the next day, it's just an awareness of asking you what, what's, what's happened, uh, what can I do to help you, can I help you with some work, or work from home so you don't have to commute, or sometimes just say, and this has happened to us as well, some days Rhonda was just, why don't you go home? Because I can see that you are not here. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and some days I was not there. So it, there wasn't any productive working in that. And, and I think at that, at that point, you as a manager, you as a leader, you can see the person is just struggling. So why not give them a bit of help? And then in response, they will probably give you their best work next time when they are able to and they have the headspace to. Hmm. And then also at, at the end of the day, you know, this, a lot of people think, oh, it might create problems with other staff but this is this situation will pass will pass the first few months are tough for parents um some would say the first few years but and you'll be better off if your employees stay healthy they find a balance between their work and their new role as a parent and then they can they're able to then work and, and give their best again yeah and I think that's the key, the key reason for, you know, a podcast like this, like people want to be working and people want to be giving their best. So that kind of takes me on to my next question. Like, what would your advice be to the, the fintech community on why it's important uh, for company culture and, and for us to be supporting um, our staff through such a transition? I think first, sort of the, the practical um, management things is, you attract the best staff, um, you want to keep them. So you need a, a company culture that enables people to grow in their job, but also move on in their lives. So at some point people will have kids, at some point people will have parents that might not be well. So if you want them and if you spend money, because we know recruitment is costly, it, it's not easy to find the best people for the job and that fit your company culture. So it, it, it's not an easy task. So once you get that person, you want to hold on to them. Mm. So you want to come, well, that's in my personal opinion, you want to build a, a culture that they feel like that they can grow and they can do meaningful work, but they're also, you know, their life can develop alongside it. And I was reading some um, articles saying that, it, this one is a US one, I think, but 96% of employees believe that showing empathy is an important way to improve retention. And, and what they were explaining is that by empathy, they thought when your staff feel heard and they feel respected, they are less likely to leave. And for a parent, feeling respected, I think, is feeling like, well, they understand what I've been through and, you know, they are showing support so I think that's um a big thing um also avoiding burnout you know if you haven't slept for months if you haven't had a whole night's sleep for months you will be exhausted and it's very easy to burn out again I had a bit of that a few months after my daughter was born when things were getting a bit 
um, stressful and you know I just had to to talk to Rhonda and say look I'm struggling a bit I'm not sleeping um, what can we do but it's that openness to be able to talk about that and we worked around it and it was fine and at the end of the day it benefits everyone to have a healthy work environment where you feel heard and you feel supported then you able to be more productive and I think another important one is also to not allow women to be sidelined when they they get pregnant because then that for for us I think that shows that you will be sidelining your employees if they don't you know fit the the mold let's say that you want as someone that has to be there nine to five sitting on a desk Pregnancy is not a health condition. You can continue working, yeah. you know, whenever you feel well, and your brain still works. It doesn't stop you from being productive. And I know many women in corporates feel a sense of being sidelined when they announce their pregnancy. They stop getting a good project. You know, they might are passed for promotion. And in a in a startup, it's quite going to do a comparison so on our startup because i was the founder i, I couldn't be sidelined oh. you know i had i had to be there because it's my business and it works so it just shows that if you do a bit of adjusting here and there it works and and women can still move on with their career absolutely and i think to be really honest you've given us so many so many uh, bits of advice and tips that we all need to take from this because my last question is going to be what more can we do to support working people through this transition but i think you've said so much already like you said be open make sure you communicate um you've said that um people mustn't be sidelined and and it isn't a health condition. I, I had a little laugh about that because being pregnant myself right now, I know a lot of people have treated me like it's a health condition and it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go on. I, I love your quote about 96% of employees, um, you know, they think that emp- showing empathy really supports uh, retention. Like, absolutely. You feel like you can relate to someone in your business, that helps. But the real big one for me was around this awareness. Um, and I think that's really, really good advice. Um, and not feeling embarrassed to ask. Because there'll be a load mm. of people out there right now listening to this who are either planning on having a family or uh, they're pregnant already, whether they're male or, or female, their partner's pregnant or they're pregnant. And they're thinking, well, I'm going to need, I, I'm going to need different things now. Um, yes. And I think your advice has been great. Is there anything that you'd add to that? Um, of course we focus a lot of women because women tend to be the primary care for the child but i think there is got to be some sort of um, support and awareness that men sometimes depending on what is happening so it's awareness of what's going on on your employees lives because a lot of men might be um, just become a, a, a father recently and their wife might be suffering from postnatal depression for example mm. and that takes a real toll on the family and it might really affect the the male's performance at work and you know it can be a really really stressful so the other side um, the paternity side as well it's it's important that people are more aware that those things can happen and if you talk about it you will know actually this person needs a bit of support or no this person is dealing with it very well and we can you know we can 
keep going but there are instances that the men also needs a bit of support mm. and again i totally i totally agree with that when i first put together this series i didn't want it to simply be the maternity stories of of fintech i want it to be the paternity ones as well because i think there's there's so much to be said for shared parental leave also um and and i think that there's so much positivity around that um in in the marketplace at the moment that people just don't know because they don't talk about it um, but whenever i do ask people the question they always know somebody it isn't something that that they've uh, that they've looked down upon but everyone has kind of embraced it um well especially when um someone's decided to take paternity leave and the females gone back to work as well i know it doesn't happen much but we are in changing time yeah and it should be a choice shouldn't it that's that's you know, it shouldn't be always the the woman that takes on the men should have a choice and and they should be given some sort of support as well if they need after yeah. becoming a father because it it is about the, the family function i think so exactly. it's um it's been brilliant everything that you said today in this podcast like there is so much that i think people can take from what you said you're sharing your experience so openly i really appreciate because i'm very aware how personal the experience is for people but i'm so yeah. passionate yeah, about sharing it i do really want to share because i know it helps people and it's yeah. as like again as i said is about life is about what happens in your life and it's a lot related to employee well-being and mental health it's just all linked to how you know we want what kind of company you want to build and what kind of way you want to treat people and we do a lot of that kind of walk in the walk at work where we talk about you know i have to leave early today because my daughter's got vaccinations so i'm going now but I'll be online at eight o'clock and I'll oh. finish this. So it's, it's also showing the employees that you take that seriously yourself so that when they come to have that, they will feel that they can ask. And of course, we, we always deliver. So then it becomes between that give and take. You know, you, oh. we're happy for you to have that balance as long as at the end of the day, we get the work done together. Yeah. So we do a lot of that you know showing and, and giving the example yeah and i think that is such a positive way to to end the podcast that we do things together we support one another and we and we we show we show the best behaviors rather than just expecting it and if we can all take on just a little bit of your messages i think it will make us stronger as an industry altogether so um i've got to say patricia that was a brilliant brilliant podcast and i thank you so much for everything that you said and everybody that's tuned into this that was patricia Ravili talking about her maternity journey thank you so much for joining us patricia Thank you.